generation hey group how you doing this week uh i have to be honest i don't have my usual equipment here for the show but we're gonna make do with it anyways because the show must go on but what i want what i wanted to share with you first of all happy birthday eddie van halen right man what a genius my favorite guitar player of all time and happy birthday to sam cook my favorite singer of all time sandwiched in between there as i was getting to I don't have the usual uh, opening song, which Snord performs, so I stuck in a Snord track in its place. That's Movie Night. As always, check out Snord everywhere on the internet. Everywhere, dagnabbit. Uh, so what I wanted to share this week is an interview I did with uh, a podcaster named Spooky Chris, Chris Ringler. You can check him out at SpookyChris.com. And uh, he interviewed me on a multitude of different subjects, including my band and Halloween and, you know, all the good stuff that, you know, you hear every week on Blank Generation. So I thought it might be fun to share with you guys on this week, uh, transition week, until I get my computer back next week and we start with some more Orthodox shows kicking on the new year. But right now, check it out. It's a Spooky Chris podcast interview with me, Paul Canellis, a.k.a. Uncle Salem, and enjoy. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Welcome to the Spooky Chris Podcast. I am the aforementioned Spooky Chris, Chris Ringler, 
You can find all my stuff at SpookyChris.com. I'm an author, a, an occasional filmmaker, a ne'er-do-well. And I am joined today by the lovely Paul Cornelis. Hi. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I have all this stuff queued up on here, and I never get to use them, so I figured I'd give you a, a I'll have at it. A sad draw. Oh, I love I, it. I got one more, so you just wait. All right. Well, all it's, right. It's coming. I'll be waiting for that. Um, Okay, so so Paul, I, uh, I've known you for at least two or three months now. At least two uh, or three months since our torrid affair, and uh, <laughs> uh, in Brazil, <laughs> <clears throat> on the coasts of Brazil. Um, uh, but I figured no, it's been like fourteen years or more. I forget. I honestly there. forget. I'm it's somewhere sure. like that. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute. Yeah. I mean, in the very least, 2011, but probably before that. Maybe. I, I don't think know. we met once before that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where peep, I completely embarrassed myself. And someone said, hey, that's Chris Ringler and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm going to go say hi to him. And then I came you, over and said. You pose this as if it's like a, as if I have some like sort of <laughs> level well, of was, fame. Like that's so It was a friend of mine that was telling me, oh, there's a guy that's kind of like you. He does art stuff. He likes horror stuff. And they're talking about this horror convention. And you should talk to him. Oh, there he is right there. And so I go over and say, like, the dumbest shit to you. And, yeah, that's how we met. Huh. We shook hands. Oh, gosh. You gave me, like, a pat on the head. It's very much similar to our another uh, person we know named uh, Tyler Zikafus, who's very formal and very handshaky. Yeah. Like, hello. I'm going to shake yeah. your hand. Yeah. Very funny, um, but no, I figured it would be. Uh, I we could, I, I after all these years, have a conversation with you about kind of the things that you do. So um, you are an author, mm-hmm. you're a filmmaker. Yep. You have a home haunt, which if folks don't know what a home haunt is, is basically if you consider people who have haunted houses um, and haunted attractions, this is one done in your right garage in, in my the yard. garage backyard. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're in a band? Yep. Lords of October. Lordsofoctober.com. <laughs> um, uh, you, you, do, you and your, your family do, you're pretty active on the socials. Yep. You we are. And all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, we that. actually have a channel called Twisted Sisters and Brother. And that's kind of, it's getting out there a little bit. That's fun. crazy. A couple things went legitimately viral. That's cool. So, well, all right. Weird. So, we'll get into. So, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll take these on one at a time. Okay. Uh, so, when did you kind of decide that you wanted to write seriously? When I was a kid, there was a thought there, like a like I really, I considered it from a pretty young age that this was something I might want to do when I got older. But I was so obsessed with sports, especially football at the time. So that like took precedence. But in the back of my mind, there was always like, I think I want to write. It was always there as far as I remember, like maybe 10, 11 years old, telling my dad, I'm going to be a writer. You know, I want to write scary stories. This is literally what I told him. So probably elementary school when I thought I would probably do it. And I had a story published in a local little, um, I guess, (laughs) some kind of pamphlet the library did. They use stories from different kids around the city of Flint, <clears throat> and uh, mine was one of them. It was about aliens. That's awesome. It started out being about a vampire, but it was too graphic. <laughs> so they asked me to rewrite it, and I basically rewrote War of the Worlds or something. You know, a thing you do when you're 11. Well, no, yeah, that's that's just kind of... I was really proud of it, though. When you get it back and you see it and everything, I show my mom, look, they published me, you know. I was desperate to write a story called The Stand as a teenager. And it was like, it's not going to be his stand. It's about trees, a stand of trees. I never wrote it. I That's just was, great, though. That was, that was just a silly teaser. That's great, though. Much That's much hilarious. Much. I had a, my big idea for a long time was something about a killer doll. Like, and I obsessed over that for, I mean, and I was, this was young teens. like Right. I don't know even if I wrote anything. But the ideas, ideas that you get then that feel like they're just... I have to do this. And then you get a little bit separate from it and be like, I'm probably not going to do that one. 
but yeah, that was the first story. And it was funny because the vampire was actually slipped and fell and impaled himself on some wood. <laughs> and they're like, no, we can't put that in the city of Flint educational pamphlet or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was the first time. That's pretty fun though. Yeah. It's a pretty funny. Uh, I think my mom probably funny. still has it. She has everything. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's super fun. Uh, so, so when did you kind of just like make the declaration internally? Like, I'm going to start putting my things in front of people. I'm going to start putting books out. It was a poem book. And I put it together. I was obsessed with putting this poem book together. And I remember I put it together and my dad said he could bind them at work and bring copies home. And I'm like... What? Are they with like the the the, the wire or no, like the he, plastic? They were bound. Oh wow! They were nice. They were really nice. That's cool. They were just colors. Like there was no. I'd have to put the title on myself or whatever. But they were typed out and bound. And I. How old were you? Um, seventeen maybe. That's pretty great. Yeah, it was really cool. It was mind blowing at the at the time. So I have these poem books, and I'm giving them to people. And they're like, you wrote a poem book? You know, like, Say, that's a lady killer, man. Right? A- <laughs> it did work that way, which I didn't even, I had not anticipated at all. But some of these stories were, you know, these poems were love-based. And my dad was like, yeah, a lot of the women at work were like, these are, these are very appealing. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, yeah, I didn't expect that. But it was like a nice... Yeah, got some attention at school and stuff from <laughs> Like, that's the kid that writes poems? Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah. So when? So how did you? How did you discover? Because you and I are both. Um, I mean, you actually you've you've been published more legitimately than I have. Um, but uh, but we both have have done self publishing. When did you kind of start? going down that road it came from remember the uh there was a local paper uncommon sense oh i remember it well yeah yeah so i got a few things in there and then i joined the staff and i started interviewing people and i interviewed the ghoul so the ghoul is my first kind of professional interview and i started thinking about it'd be cool if i could interview people like that and just put them together in a book and then you'd know you know you could have a whole book but how would you do that so then i found lulu.com and just started putting my own books together and what you know. what year did your first book come out oh gosh the first book that was legitimately a book was a uh, 2011 okay all right you know before that there was some stuff like you know i had made it myself completely diy my dad was binding them and yeah that's what i did with the interviews there's like this little book of interviews i'm jealous about the the, the binding thing. it was pretty, pretty cool i pretty think awesome. i still have one if i find it i'll show it to you it's that's, pretty cool that's pretty great that's i don't i won't let you read it though <laughs> <laughs> you can look at the binding i don't know how many of the poems hold up um, that's fine <laughs> it might make you think different differently of me even but. though our brazil days you know I might fall in love. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. It's dramatic. That also works for I'm sorry the bridge is out. <laughs> I, I put it on there. I'm like, oh, man, if I ever do, like, when I do reading stuff, like, it's, like that it would be so corny. And then the vampire <laughs> slipped and fell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's excellent. <laughs> but okay, that's cool. Um so what has your experience been as a just as, you know, going around to doing shows and promoting your stuff and like really kind of doing that? Cuz and you have, I mean, you have quite a few books out. Like yeah. you're a prolific dude. Yeah. Well, you know how it is cuz when you just start what's pop you can't stop. You can't stop. <laughs> and when you get them books back and you know, they're what you wanted them to be, that's important. One of the best early experiences was the horror host book, which I did include my interview with the ghoul. Oh, neat. The very the one I did years before. I put that one in there. But then I got to interview a bunch of different <laughs> horror hosts. And, um, you know, a lot of those guys are local to their 
area. So they have beloved um, fan fan bases and things like that. But then there's also a lot of nationally known people. And I had a nice uh, variation of all these different horror hosts. Probably, I think there's 18 in the book. And they were all so open to it. And they were all so cool. And I kind of got welcomed into the horror host community. I got invited to Halloween Jack's wedding. Like cool things like that. I'd walk into cons and they'd recognize me. And I'm like part of their little, like that's, that's so great. And that was one of the first things. Oh, and the show that you and I did actually in, in, uh, Oh yeah. Cleveland. I think it was monster fest mania or something. A guy came in and he had the horror host book signed by almost all of the horror hosts. That's awesome. And he showed it to me. He's like, I wanted you to see this. I'm like, this is magnificent. I loved it so much. So, but yeah, that's like one of the experiences and the rewarding thing of doing all these shows with your material and getting well-known and, you know, putting yourself out there. I love it. Well, I mean, what a lot of people don't know. I mean, what's, yeah, Paul's an interesting dude because of funny Paul's story is one time you're like, oh gosh, you'll never believe this. And I was like, what? And you were playing a game online, and then, like, you'll never guess who I was playing with. Like, I don't know. And it was Dominique Swain. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? How did this happen? He's like, I don't know, man. Weird shit always happens like that. <laughs> it just does. Uh, right now I'm playing uh, Monopoly Go with William Butler. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that, too. It just popped up the other day. I'm like, I have to tell Chris this. Just wait until he lands on your hotels. He'd be like, you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> But yeah, uh, a lot of stuff like that came from the Rue Morgue. Yeah, that's what I was going to get yeah. to is like, yeah, it's like people don't know that you've written for Rue Morgue. Yeah. Magazine, horror, for anybody wouldn't know it's a horror magazine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a column actually online and that was, man, that was so fun. Super rewarding. It was called Monster Kid Corner. And it was basically the origins of horror movies. You know, the ones that got you into horror. So through that, man, I met a lot of really cool genre people and, you know, kind of stayed friends with a lot of them. That's, That's awesome. how I met Linnea Quigley and a couple of those people through interviewing with Rue Morgue and talking to the different writers of Rue Morgue. Some are my friends still. That's cool. And any time <clears throat> I get to be affiliated with Rue Morgue, I'm super honored because... This is just so good. It's like the literature of a horror magazine. Oh, yeah. You know? No, for sure. So that opened up a lot of doors, though. That opened up some doors even with the horror hosting stuff. Um, and, and, you know, not to, well, to say not to jump around, but, like, what makes you, like, feel such a kinship with all these horror hosts? And, again, like, some of these things I, I just explained because I don't know. You and well, I know all this stuff. But, yeah, like, so regionally uh, folks would have, uh, like, these these uh, channels would get, like, they, they would have access to blocks of, of movies. Right. And you could, you could pair a couple horror movies. And mm-hmm. you would have someone like, well, it would be great if we had someone to introduce them and kind of play it up. And it's it's, you know. And so regionally, people like like Detroit had uh, Sir Graves Gasly, and, yep. and Cleveland had the Ghoul, and, and had, he was Detroit too. Okay, yeah. okay, so up into the yeah, yeah. Um, and now Chicago has uh, Svenguli. Yeah, so there's you know there's still bunches of around all over the country. Yeah. Like almost every state has a notable beloved horror host that worked at the local station at some point, you know, <clears throat> and um, some of them got to be legendary through that. Uh, I know when I was a kid, I watched the ghoul with my dad and I was young. Like there's pictures of me dressed up like the ghoul and I'm like five. So that weirdness, you know, got into me, but it's also the live thing. The, cause anything could go wrong. Anything could happen on the ghoul, right? It would be not even about the movie. I don't even remember what movies were on these shows half the time. I just remember the ghoul was there and he was going to throw a bowling ball in a toilet or, or something like that. But there's something about the live aspect of it that always gets to me. In that funky local television kind of way. Yeah. That Svengoolie is great. I love that it's still here, but it's not the same kind of, you oh, know. Oh yeah, I mean? like like the the ghoul for those again like for those, it was he was like when he was a like big and kind of came on the scene as he was very counterculture. Yeah. Kind of like 
<laughs> proto punk in that like yeah. he was he was a hippie, yep. but like he was of you know of a time when yeah f- when he would do his stuff kind of this whatever, and yeah. that's what people loved. Is it was I mean lots of explosions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Beating you up can't, his little frog. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that kind of stuff. They want you, you would have to stuff. be like cable access, yeah. or YouTube, which is where a lot of them go now. But and you can't have, like really. You could you could do the inter- interstitial stuff, but you can't like not you same. can't show nothing. You know, can't really show nothing dead or anything. You can't like yeah. So it's not the it's you know that was what interests me in making the book because I'm like, how are there still horror hosts? They drew this line from. Years and years ago. I mean, like, this thing goes back 50s, you know. And they drew this line, but they're still out there finding ways to horror host, basically, do the thing that they do that they love. Yeah, I know some of them will um, oh, solicit, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, indie movies. You yeah. Know, like, director stuff, and it's like, you know, it's not... It's not the same, but like you know, they still pre- they get to present a movie, and these, these people idea. get a platform to show their film, and and yeah, because there's only so many public domain movies you can show, yeah. and you're going to interrupt some public domain movie that nobody wanted to watch in the first place. Yeah, that's not going to be that's not going to do as well. Yeah, no, for sure, and it's yeah with so it it it's interesting that they they have evolved and found ways to to yeah. exist, but it's really interesting. I thought. <clears throat> In a time where there's video games and a million stream channels and there's still people that want to watch horror hosts. So to me, there was like a beauty in that. And that was that was something that actually fascinated me. I tried to get Elvira. I tried to get all the. Yeah, big... I was going to say, like, yeah, when you think of like Elvira is like the, the superstar. Right. That did that. Um, right. That had had shows and stuff. Um, but like she was the exception, not the norm. Like the right. you know, like she broke out, and and she, I mean, and she kind of seems very self aware of that and stuff, and knows. Yeah, she she created a persona, and she knew exactly like how she dresses, how she acts, how like it, it's fascinating to see pictures of of of. Uh, oh my gosh, her name vampire. No, I was, I'm trying to think of her uh, Cassandra Peterson. Oh, oh okay. Uh, uh, yeah, like. Just being Cassandra Peterson, and then versus Elvira, it's not the like same it person. is. Yeah, it's 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 like they are not the same per- person. It is yeah. it is a character, and she she knew like she's going to wear a low cut thing, and like you know to, to to hear her talk about it and stuff, and she talks about kind of how they created that whole yeah. thing and like the beehive and everything, and yeah. it's interesting. So she was very aware, but yeah, well, it's, I it's, contacted <laughs> management for an interview, and they were very cordial, very nice. She was busy. And but they did allow me to print a picture, <clears throat> so there's one picture of Elvira in the book, and talking cool. peripherally about Elvira, you know. But you can't you can't leave Elvira out of horror. Yeah. History. Oh yeah. No, for sure. So. That's like it's yeah. That's I mean that's how most people would know what a horror host, you know, yeah. varying degrees would be. Is is that you know? And that the older people would know maybe Zachary. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, you know. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it is it's one regional. of those it's one of those things that it's. That there are any that still are kind of clinging to it and that are, are, are surviving and still doing it and getting into it stuff is, is a, a, a miraculous in that it's one of those things. It is like a drive. It's like drive-ins. Yeah. That it's the world kind of moved on and it's a shame that the world moved on because right. we, you know, like where things kind of evolve, like we're, you know, we miss out on so many of these things yeah. that the, the character of, of things and, but, you know, but they still, they have a horror mm-hmm. host channel that they do. And they program different shows in there. Because <clears throat> I would like think like Roku would be jangler. perfect for that. Yeah, or they, something. they okay. have that. Yeah, <clears throat> and so that's pretty cool. That keeps it alive. And I know that people that want to find it can find it. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've we've dabbled in it with my daughter. Try to do a little. <coughs> we actually made a book where she was the horror host of the book. That's you fine. know, that was pretty fun and cool. But you never know. We might try it again sometime. <laughs> No, that's. I mean, what's interesting? It makes me wonder. Um, uh, if if some of them are using TikTok or like the new mediums to kind of do that now, because I mean, yeah, that's kind of where you'd have to, you know, again, where you'd have to go to at least get people to kind of, you know, become t- aware. TikTok is an interesting thing because I don't think I've seen any of them on TikTok, but that's a pretty cool idea. 
Just because you, I mean, just, I know they're on YouTube. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I mean, that's it's just it's one of those things where I mean, and without getting, I mean, like you know, attention spans on everybody are kind of scattered yeah. because, because of phones and stuff. But right, like, right. So you kind of got to go where the where the people are, and that's where you know they are. So if you had to get them to come to your to your your other right. thing, yeah, just kind of gotta. Yeah, because bands do that. Yeah. Bands have a little thing where it would be like, oh, here's a clip of this band being crazy or whatever. Check this out yeah. on YouTube, here's the some, full video. Yeah, here's 30 seconds of our song. And right, like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works for Book Talk, too, which I know you can't wait to get into. Oh, I can't. I'm, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that the government would ban TikTok, so I'd be like, ha, at least I don't have to try to get on that now. Like, ha, ha. That's hilarious. Face. Didn't, didn't work out that way, but you know, whatever. Um, how how did you get into doing a home haunt? The home haunt. All right. So this also goes back a little bit. It seems like all this stuff stems from when I was like nine or whatever. <clears throat> Who had I'd, parents were that like? I mean, were like seems very encouraging to all of this kind of fun stuff, well, right? Weirdly, though, we didn't celebrate Halloween. Huh. So we celebrated it for a few years, and then we didn't, and then I was grown. You know what I mean? So, but one of the younger years, I remember going outside and looking down the street and all. This was in the 80s, so everything was lit up. People were decorating, you know. And I went to a house and they had a, you wouldn't call it a home haunt, but it's like a statue of like a sleepy hollow guy. And you could see a light playing and they had like some music going on the stereo, scary music. And that just stayed with me forever. I'm like, I loved it. It led, you know, it was magical. It felt, made the night feel more magical. And then my grandpa was almost like, uh, he was, he was almost like having Peter Laurie. Like he was so funny and cool, but he scared the crap out of kids on Halloween. So I'd go over there to his house and pass out candy when we didn't celebrate Halloween. I went to his house through my teenage years and me and him, would count and my grandma we would count the trick-or-treaters and eat pizza and watch alfred hitchcock presents and that's where i really fell in love with halloween and i thought this one time he scared a kid and the kid dropped his candy you know we had to run out and hunt him down and everything but i think that stayed in the back of my head then when my wife and i moved to uh, a street in flint um there was a house on the end corner that had what you would legitimately <clears throat> call a home haunt and he had like a big meat shack made up and i could see him building this haunt in his yard every day you'd see him add more stuff he's building it from the ground up and it was intriguing and fascinating and halloween night everybody went there you know so the one year they had moved and i thought wow that's pretty sad because kids were coming around to that neighborhood looking for him i turned to my wife i was like why don't we do that why don't we be that house you know it's flint and kids can't just pay $25 to go to a haunt all the time, you know, like just make a free haunt. And it started out just being, you know, me and some friends and a couple animatronics. And it wound up being this like huge gigantic walkthrough <laughs> with like 20 actors and all one day a year, every time. Freddie versus Jason. Yep. Freddie versus Jason in the backyard. We had Leatherface in the garage and a bunch of stuff. We had, We'd build these tunnels. Uh, I remember I remember seeing video of, uh, uh, I can't remember her name, from The Ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my daughter. She'd climb out of the TV. That people love that. And <laughs> yeah. they, they would throw stuff at her. <laughs> people are throwing candy at her. They're screaming. Yeah. So it turned into a big family affair, too. Because, like, everybody wanted to come over and hang out and have fun on Halloween. That's fun. My dad, my mom. My mother-in-law, they've all done it on different occasions. And it's just turned into a passion. You know what I mean? Like, every year around August, you start thinking about, oh, we got to build this tunnel for this home haunt. <laughs> and, we, you know, it's called Scarriage Town, which is a play on Carriage Town, for those who don't know Flint, you know. Yeah, there's a neighborhood called Carriage Town. Yeah, yeah. So we thought that'd be kind of funny and cool and make it something that people would talk about. And it's funny because... I run into people that were at the haunt and they recognize me and they'll be like, when I was a kid, I used to go through this haunt and I'm like, yep, that was us. (laughs) There was a lady at McDonald's just a couple months ago. She's like, I used to go to your haunt when I was a kid. 
like, oh, you did? That's so cool. That's fun. So that was really the reason why. Because I wanted to be able to help make Halloween Night Magical like whoever those people were that did it to me when I was eight or nine, you know, scared the crap out of me. And I loved it. That's cool. Yeah. So you also uh, have a magazine you put out called Halloween Machine because yeah. you are such a big Halloween person. I am about that. ridiculously into Halloween. Yeah, that was um, that was I'm just real simple. I'm sitting there and it's like January and I'm like, why ain't there a Halloween magazine? And there wasn't one. There used to be a long time ago. <clears> there was another one. But there wasn't one that just focused on Halloween all year round. You'd have to wait for the seasonal thing to come out. Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to make one because no one's doing that. And it seems like a fun thing that a few people would be interested in, you know. And it's become my labor of love. How many years have you been doing oh, it now? Oh, my gosh. The first one was 2012. Okay. So, so it's been. This is the 14th year? Yeah. It's, it's yep. It's, it's, there's a lot of issues now. I started out doing five a year, and now it's more back to two, maybe three. I do, like, a special issue in, like, a <clears> summer <throat> and an autumn. I like to still put one out in, like, April because that was the initial goal was to have something when it wasn't Halloween for all the Halloween aficionados. But along the way, I got immersed into Halloween culture and just all this crazy stuff that you didn't even know existed, you know. So that is... Like I said, that's a labor of love, though. I don't really make much money off that, if at all, sometimes. <clears throat> but I'm, I don't care. I'm still to keep doing it, you know? So so you've been <clears> – <throat> it's interesting because you've you know, been in many bands and been in bands with your family yeah. and stuff. But you're, 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 you're still kind of in, you know, active in a band. And it's funny, again, because it's – what's the theme (laughs) it's a halloween band basically i mean but you know we play all year round and of course it's it's a horror punk metal lords of october my son's the guitar player and you know our buddy lucifer is the bass player and matt on drums monster matt we call him but it was the same thing we decided this would be a really fun thing to do what if we dressed up in uh halloween costumes and went and played horror shows and that's really where that idea came from. Well, we started out playing Kiss songs in Dave's house. And then we're like, you know what? This is starting to sound kind of good. Maybe we could write some songs and see where this takes us, you know. And it's <clears throat> taken us to a lot of really cool places. Oh, yeah. I mean, your newest record has uh, has an intro from the one and only Dr. Satan. That's right. Walter Phelan did our intro. And uh has a guest performance. Des Kadena on lead guitar on Proof, which is the first single. And then we also got Stephen Bissett, the the Bigfoot guy. He does a, some, a part for us on a, on a song. So it turned into something really cool along the way. And um, I get a lot of good feedback on that at cons. I get recognized sometimes, which is funny because I'm not wearing makeup. But I think people recognize the hair. I have the hair pulled up and shaved and all that. And I'm super tall. I'm six You guys nine. could cosplay as yourselves at it. That's hilarious. Everybody be like, who the hell are you guys? We're Lords of October. I've heard of them. <laughs> yeah. That is what happens They're a lot of times. They're famous enough that we cosplayed as them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Well, we had a guy that was 6'9", and we thought, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know? But it would, you know what we should honestly do? Huh? It's... You should cosplay, but like everybody, be like you be Zach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Switch all the all the that different characters around. Be really funny. That'd be great. That's my favorite thing playing at cons because those audiences, you know, they get it. You know, like that's what it was built for, really. Oh yeah. You know, but having a a big, uh, <clears throat> you know, relatively decent sized fan base of people that actually like you yeah that's really cool and in, in, in a musical career that that hasn't always been the case you know <laughs> sometimes you just struggle to get five people to come to your show you know so lords of october is a lot different than that in a good way yeah it's awesome yeah um i'm trying to think what was the biggest show you guys have played because i i think it's in my mind but like well, we've opened for Doyle a couple times okay. now, and that those were really good shows. Didn't you guys 
one of the Joe Bob's thing, like Yep, we played Joe Bob's uh, That's what I was thinking. Joe Bob's Bash in yeah. Philly. We played the very first one. That's so great. that was really cool. That's great. Getting that call back was fun. And just hearing Joe Bob say your name on the radio, like, oh, we got Lords of October. You're like, oh, God, this is cool. <laughs> that's cool. Actually, Linnea was there, too. Linnea Quigley was oh, there. That's fun. Yeah. So I had makeup on, and I don't know if she recognized me. She said she did, but she let me take a picture with her, so whatever. That's cool. <laughs> that was a big, cool show. There was a show in Jackson we played, too, outside. It was like a zombie walk in Jackson. That was really good. A lot of fun. That's fun. Yeah. That's super cool. So, and, and again, with everything else you do, um, uh, you, uh, with some aficionados of horror as well, um, put, put on events, and you've done that for yeah. a while as well. Uh, yeah. Why, why, what does that kind of fulfill the everything? Because this is interesting because this is kind of like a holistic approach of like how many ways that you are involved because of your right. love for, for, horror for horror and stuff. Like, but how, yeah. what, what do you get out of putting events on? Well, I got to go back a little bit because I think you and I are quite a bit similar in this way. Being kids that were a little bit weird and maybe just a little bit misfit and there's nothing like that around that you can relate to. Yeah. Like, you know, there's nothing in the city like that. And, uh, you know, I'm monster kid through and through. I don't remember not loving monsters. You know what I mean? Got the famous monster magazines from my uncle and watch Abbott Costello me Frankenstein with my dad. And those are like the origins of wanting to be involved with events and cons and hearing that you were putting on the Flint Horror Con. And I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to be involved in this. I have to be involved in this. <laughs> and I contacted you and, you know. And I uh, banned you for life. <laughs> you were like, no, there's no way we're letting this dude in. So I started a competing horror con. No. No, but. Just seeing, being at that first horror con and seeing the joy that everyone got and, you know, mingling with people that are heroes, really. And, like, we talked earlier about how someone like um, uh, uh, um, an actor in a horror movie that wouldn't really budge the needle, let's say, in a different kind of movie is like a hero to us. Yeah. You know? And watching people interact with Tom Sullivan. My kid got to meet his hero at that con, you know, and I had him writing a book. So I brought it to him and gave it to him, you know. That was all very um, eye-opening as far as, well, that could actually be done in Flint. And, you know, I left that day feeling like, oh, I'm going to I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I like going to the cons, but I really want to be part of it. I yeah, want to oh, be yeah. part of the people that that helped put this on. And I was like, proud of you guys. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm proud to have been involved with the first one, but I was really proud that you guys put that together. You know what I mean? Like, I remember feeling that way. Like I am proud. They brought this to Flint, Michigan. You know what I mean? And I want to be part of it. And so that's what keeps it going to this day. Really is. I know there's still people out there that would love to have something down the road that they can actually go to. That's affordable. Because we've always been a Lodo show. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just important to me, you know, to keep that weirdness going <clears throat> in Flint. You Which know? you're kind of pa have been passing the torch to your kids now because yep. they have started to, because to, you are a filmmaker as well. And, and you've always had your, your family and your friends involved. Yeah. And, and Always. And as, as your kids have gotten older, they've gotten more involved. Yeah. And uh, really good. <laughs> like surprisingly good. Sometimes I'm like, how did you get so good? Some of the kids are better actors than me. Like it's, you know, one of the great shames is you and I had <clears throat> been involved in, in a movie <laughs> that'll never see the light of day, but that your one of your daughters is. Oh, two of them. Uh, uh, well, oh, yeah. But yeah. I was thinking, because, yeah, Audrey, like, basically is the star. Yeah, she's the star, yeah. Um, and it's a shame that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of kind of all for naught, but yeah. it, it, was, it, it was. The experience was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was neat that you guys got to work together on that. Yeah, totally. And plus we have finished other movies together that we got to see play out at film festivals and sit in the crowd watching your kid and watching people get it, you know, like, oh, she's really good. You know what I mean? Like, Audrey's really good at this. So I keep writing things for them to do. 
And Miley's getting really good at it. She actually won an award for one of our movies, our short films. Oh, wow. Yeah, she won Best Child Actor. That's awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Just a little short film that we made at our house, you know. That's great. And it totally spurned her on. She's going to be a, she's she wants to be an actress of some sort or a wrestler. But she's in a play at school, The Outsiders, now. That's awesome. And those things give her confidence, you know. But they're just kind of, they're like born performers. All of them are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're just, they're made to do that. <laughs> That's so Which fun. is kind of like how I always felt as a kid. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I, adm- I admire that you kind of all have that kind of passion and love. You know, all of your kids kind of have their own thing going yeah. on. But like you all, the Venn di- diagram is you all meet kind of in this horror space, kind of where, you know, in creative and kind of like Halloween-y outside. Not even just horror, but yeah, like Halloween and, yeah. and, and creative space. Yeah, there's like that magical side of horror that they all latched onto, which they latched onto organically because <clears throat> the only one that isn't is my oldest daughter, and she still does stuff with us. You know what I mean? She's not like, she's kind of like, Dad, horror movies are scary. But she still does stuff with us. <laughs> She's the one that crawled out of the TV. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But she, but the rest of them, you know, everybody finds their kind of <laughs> thing that they love and go with it, and we just encourage it, you know. And then it's hard to not write movies for people that you know can make them that live in your house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I I leaned on your your family and your connections for my first movie that I made. And that I mean, was so much fun to do too. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's like it, it, having gone through that, I understood when people talk about how hard it is, you know, oh, we shoot on the weekends and this, that, because it's the first day of shooting is the be- is the best time in the world. Yeah. And then the second day is it's, it's the second ish best today. And then the more it drags on the less interested yeah everyone is because there's you know there's no money in it there's no it's just like it's you're it's doing it for waiting fun around for your yeah there's more things in life that it's like you have other responsibilities or other things and right. other distractions and it's like right it's not they're in it they're doing it but it's not theirs so mm-hmm. they're kind of just like mm-hmm. but if it's your family they're kind of always there yeah and they're and for the most part you can keep them engaged yeah um we haven't done a lot of uh <clears throat> Like taking the kids and doing different uh, places where we'd have to have sets, but I've had them in music videos, and you know that's really really fun. It's really fun to direct kids in music videos because you just say do this and they do it. They're not like you know what's my motivation, you know. And music videos are cool too because you can just say the directions out loud. Yeah, now turn to your left and you know do this and do this and. So it's really rewarding. And then you look back and there's videos that I made with my first band and the kids are in it and there are the adults. They were kids then they're adults now. So that's always really cool. I know they look back on that as a magical time, you know, so it's fun. That's awesome. I think it's rewarding for everybody. Oh no, for sure. It's yeah. For as many families aren't close, like that it brings, gives you something to kind of, kind yeah. of come together on. Um, and they'll have ideas. They'll be like, hey, Dad, we should shoot this. And I'm like, let's do it. You know? Yeah. We you were, made like a snowball fight movie a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you were saying earlier that, you know, you're, you're, you know, some of your kids have gotten into writing and wanting, yeah. you know, they've, I mean, I guess they've been doing that for ages, though, but like, you know, putting their own books together themselves, like right. inspired by what you're doing. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. We, we did a book uh, where the girls reviewed um, classic horror movies and, published and you know they got a little bit of local uh attention for it and they got to go on tv and oh, that's cool talk about the book and everything it's so great man it's just so great <laughs> just having them be that interested in it to where they're like yeah let's do that that's kind of priceless you know that's awesome and, yeah. and so last thing i'll i'll hit is uh you know, uh, you're kind of have reached a point now where you're kind of paying it forward too in an endeavor that you and I have, um, where we have kind of a, a it's been in, in, uh, in stasis a while. It's been asleep, but, uh, but Goblin Holler, our little, our imprint. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our, our little, uh, shingle, uh, for, for where we put one book out, a, an anthology of Bigfoot stories. 
Um, so good. I love it. With a second one on the, on the way that will be an anthology of ghost stories. Um, and, and that's been fun. And, and what, you know, your experience kind of with that, like with now you get to not just be an author in the book, but you get to kind of choose writers you know to kind of yeah. contribute to it. Like that's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun. That's another rewarding thing. Because, for one thing, I'm always happy to be uh, published with you. I, I love your work. I think you know that. And I think that we always mesh together well when we do things. And then just seeing uh, other writers, like you said, friends that we admire that write. Curtis Prim, he's, he's one of the people that's going to be in the anthology. He's been with me since, <coughs> like, the second issue of Halloween Machine. He's contributed almost to almost every issue. So to be able to say, hey, you want to do this cool project with us? You know, and he's like, definitely. So that that's also rewarding in its own way. And like you said, being able to kind of see someone that you admire and, and be in a project with them. I know that's like a really weird way to say it, but that's just how it feels. Like, I'm proud to be in the same project with these people. I yeah, guess well, that's it. And I mean, I feel good that it's, I mean, it's, it's a paying gig for these folks. Like everybody, yeah. not, not a lot of money, but they're all getting paid for it's their, for their stories. So yeah. I, I, there's I, something to be said for that. Oh yeah. No, I mean, we know how that feels. We, I, I, we should count up how many words it is. And if they're, <laughs> if we're underpaying them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, we haven't had any complaints. Uh, that's, so that's something, but yeah. So, and it's, it's cool because with the first book we happened on, thanks to you, um, the cover artist and like it just and I I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he it, the cover just has such a great look, right, right. Um, and then you know we of course had to as long as he was willing have him do the second book. Oh my it, god, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, and it has the same feel because that's his his and I can't. What is, um, now see, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, He's a Mad Magazine artist. Yeah, David. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank on his. Oh my name. gosh, but yeah, which but, sucks because I love the guy. Um, no, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But yeah, like the incredible, like it's very fun. Like the the Bigfoot one, yeah. Is like they're they're both cartoony, as it were, but not like ridiculous. The, like they both, it's they have their, and it's cool because that's why you know as long as he's a game, we'll keep going back to him because it is David DeGrand. David DeGrand. It's a consistent style, and it's you can tell, and it's but yeah. and it's but they're different. And, and so he elevates our theme. To an even bigger spot, you know, whatever our theme is for each chosen book. And then, but they have that um, uniform kind of feel to them because of his art. It's so good. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to get the second book out. So just because, again, those covers will be pretty fun next to one another. Like those books. They're going to look so good together. So that's Goblin Holler, too, if anybody wants to go check us out on Facebook. And they should. And they should add us. Or would like us or whatever it is you do. Click the dingling. Click the dingling. <laughs> <laughs> we won't spam you, tap, but you'll see the covers. Tap Bigfoot's dingling. <laughs> uh, that won't happen. It, it's all good. Flint's Bigfoot needs to do a, a, a plug for uh, the book oh, sometime. Should have like him on the back corner in the back of the Hi, book. Hi, y'all. Like, yeah, hey, it's Flint's Bigfoot. Hi, y'all. It's Flint's Bigfoot. Y'all better read this book. <laughs> He's got a bunch of words in it. I can't read them. But I think they talks about me. Buy this book and read it to me. <laughs> Tuck me in and read it to me. I just, uh, just, I and then we're going to put my other book out so, so, sometime. <clears throat> Evil World Outside, which we already have a cover for. No, we'll see. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, Juliana Hudzik did the cover, and it's also brilliant. Maybe we <clears> can <throat> do that by Halloween. Okay. Yeah, that's it. We just made a decision See? right there on and the podcast. We, we talked about what the next DeGrand book will be. Yeah. So we'll have to, on the way, after this, we can talk more about it. But Yes, yes. <clears throat> but All right, cool. Like This has been wonderful, Paul. Thank uh, you. Where How can people find you? I mean, the best place is probably Facebook. Probably at your house. Yeah, you come right to my Excuse house. My go through the home haunt. <laughs> Sorry, so uh, Facebook? We'll have you for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook, and you know, it's Paul Canellis, C-O-U-N-E-L-I-S. You're going to have that on your in your blurb, right? 
Am I? No. <laughs> I could do that thing probably. And you can look me up on Amazon. You can look up lordsofoctober.com. There's all kinds of avenues to find me. Yeah. And Goblin Holler is our Goblin Holler our little, is, uh, is the imprint. Yeah. So. Also on Facebook. It has been a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Oh, um, great. I loved it. Thank uh, you. It, it, we'll talk more about everything off, off the air. And I, as always, am the spooky Chris uh, that was mentioned in the beginning. And it's, you know, my podcast. So, uh, you can follow my podcast, all my, my reviews, and all the other stuff at my website, spookychris.com. I will talk to you, I don't know, whatever.
Uncle Salem. And it's when we're closer to Halloween, Halloween, 